Yeah, I step outside my door and look out. It's dark and cold. Yeah, look at life in the end. It's just cold black death. Your body becomes ash and you are no more. That's what everyone in the world thinks of you. Is what happens after you die. Yeah, because of <clears throat> the argument of the unknown. Those who put forth theories. No proof, just theories. Because, quite frankly, they're all different. They use those theories of what happens when you die to get people to follow a code of law, an ethical direction, in order to get past that gatekeeper when you die to something else that you promised. You know, that, that's what you're getting when you buy into these theories of what life is after death. All your religions is over. <clears throat> You're buying into a guarantee of this is what's going to happen when you die. As long as you follow A, B, C, and D in your life and do what the, the good books of the world tell you, you'll get passed on through. And in exchange, you'll get that afterlife. And that this is what this is what they use to control. Humanity in a lot of ways. That and preventing people from being able to love one and eat one another by controlling sex, by controlling marriage. Yeah, when you're born, <clears throat> your right to love someone's taken away. And you're indoctrinated into these ways of living. Because your parents ingrain it in you. And you believe it, that you don't have the right to love someone. Until you say something in front of someone and get sanctified by religion, right? It's given back to you by religion. You sign a codified law. And a religion that says it stands for peace and love. If I find it odd that in order to control you, you know, they take that away. They take away your right to love someone and give it back to you. When you agree, when you agree to the laws of whatever religion and the laws of the land that have been pursued and pressured by those in religions all over the world. The Muslims do it, and the West does it, and the Christians. And everyone in the middle, I, I, all I gotta do is look at you, and I'm just like, why do you let them continue to get away with it? You do realize, I mean, I hate to say it, but when it comes to people who live in the middle, you know, religion's a minority now. Just come on and tell the world what you want. 
If you live in a secular country, then that's what you'll get. You know, that's the thing. We don't live in secular countries, right? We live in <clears throat> you know, countries where liberal ideas want change, and then conservatives want to go back to some religious idea. You know, especially in America, especially in Iran, you know, especially in, you know, I, I hate to point out countries, but, you know, any country that is having half or most of its uh, leadership bent towards religion is a country that's controlled by religion. And if that's a country you want, then that's fine. You know, get ready to be like Iran. Because that's uh, where they want to drag you kicking and screaming to, right? Instead of <clears throat> people wanting to go into the future. And you think people who are conservative want to go back to this idealistic life of the past? Even want like high technology that brings us into space? That diminishes their power? Nope. This is why nuclear power has been stopped for you know, 80 years. This is why we haven't gone into space yet. You know, instead we create these wars in the Middle East by propping up dictators and creating controversy and division. And we supply them with endless amounts of money by continuing to have this, this oil system that allows us to have a reason to put all our money there, right? And then we just create all this conflict, which allows us to create all these weapons. You know, this is what fuels the military-industrial conflicts. You know, we wouldn't have all these problems if the Middle East didn't have all this oil. You know, we wouldn't have all these problems if we didn't have oil as what runs our, our world. We could have switched to nuclear in the 60s, in the 70s. We still haven't. And it's the one solution that everyone points at and said, that's bad. We can't use nuclear. It's going to destroy the planet. And it's like, hello, people. They're telling you the one thing that can actually save the planet is bad. And we can't use to help solve the problems of the planet. If I could put it to one energy source that solves global climate change instantly, it's nuclear power. And why? Because they want to have all the power over nuclear power to use it for one thing it shouldn't be used for, which is to threaten to destroy all of humanity at the push of a button. And who, who has that finger on the button? You know, the mouthpieces of the conservatives that put them there. You know, conservatives are the ones who created this world of fear and hate you know, and threat of nuclear war. Those are the liberals. Liberals want to get rid of war. Liberals don't want weapons of war everywhere. You know, all liberals in all countries want to end the stalemate that we have in the world between Russia, China, and the West and, and America, right? No average civilian in any country, I don't care if it's Russia, I don't care if it's America, I don't care if it's China or Europe, most civilians just want all the bullshit to end. Like if every person in the world could take a vote and say we must want to flush all this military expenditure and hardware and one brick, one outsmanship and standoff and posturing, 
everyone would just say, yep, flush it down the toilet. Done with it. Done. Take your weapons, flush it down the toilet. It was a bad idea. You know, just because we had World War One and World War Two doesn't mean we have to prepare for World War Three. So if you want to like to, to figure out a way to start World War Three, it's to start preparing for World War Three. And that's all our countries do. And the one that propagates it the most, quite honestly, is the United States. I mean, I'm from America, you know, and I and I, I like the country because it, it stands freedom, quote unquote. You know, under the uh under the guise of freedom, really, we're not very free under a representational government that's pretty corrupt. But uh, <clears throat> if you, if you really stand for peace and freedom, then why are we continuing to build all these weapons of war and exporting them and creating conflict and controversy all over the world? You know, we want to support democracy. That's always the excuse, right? Now how about this America? Instead of trying to force in the world to be free, to like make this country free, right? Make this country work, make this country be able to come to a, a, a sensible consensus or middle ground on everything, and get rid of all the bullshit administration and just streamline it so it just works, right? You can have government that is just is like a computer, right? That's what a government should be. You gotta think of a government, it needs to be like a computer that everyone can feed into, you know, or here's the weekly poll. What do Americans think about this? And then you read it and then you vote. And then the government knows this is what the people think. You know, what's what's a left? What's a right version of this? What's the middle version? You know, can we come to a middle? You know, if we could do that and then just like stop coming up with all these bullshit laws. And change them all the time just to justify having politicians and lawyers and courts around and just make it something you could fucking read and understand. Like you could sit down, you know, spend a couple weeks and read a book and know what the fucking law is in this country. And it's the same in every state. You could have like a slightly left or a slightly right version, but mostly you want to be in the middle. You can get in the middle, that's the place to be. Now, if you want to live in a conservative state, fine. You can have it slightly conservative. If you want to live in a liberal state, you can have slightly liberal. And there's no reason you can't have your cake and eat it too. I mean, I find it more interesting that you can go from one state to another and find a different culture. I think that'd be interesting. Like, oh, this is how people live around here. Wow. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta. Be like their customs because I'm from another state. You know, how about me incorporating immigration and changing America so it's more modern? I mean, look what, you know, imported slaves from Africa did for America. I mean, we had all of our modern culture. I mean, just, you just name, like, all the modern culture we have. It all comes from African slaves. And you want to talk about the biggest contribution you know, black people have had in this country. You know, could you imagine if they weren't here and, <clears throat> you know, white people just continued making white music and white art? I mean, it would be a totally different country than we live in today. I mean, right? There would be no rock and roll. I mean, holy fuck. That'd be a travesty. There would be no rap. There would be no 
We go, you can go on and on about it, right? You know, and why, why do we not want to have Mexicans here? So you do realize that, you know, cowboy culture is descended from Mexican culture. Like your whole, you know, southern cowboy vibe, it's the people that you hate that you're emulating. You know that, right? This is why I can never understand why, you know, southerners who are very anti-Mexican hate them. It's like, it's like you're hating a version of yourself. You're hating a Spanish version of yourself. And guess what, white people? Spanish people, they're white too. I mean, Mexicans are pretty European, in my opinion. They're not treated as such. They're treated like the Italians were treated when they came here. You know, still, I don't understand it. Could you imagine the workforce available in this country if you allow Mexicans to just walk across the border and start working, right? Americans should just walk across the border and own cheap land in Mexico. You know, we could send the police in, down to Mexico and police up the, the cartels in the Mexican country, right? Maybe a drug-free zone. Imagine how easy it would be to stop drugs being imported if you if you shut down the Mexican border to like that really small strip near the Panama Canal, it'd be so much easier. You want to complain about drugs and guns and violence? It's like, well, where's your solution? Close the border. Like that, that yeah. Close the border to uh. <clears throat> now, where's your solution? You know, just instead of closing the border. And putting up a wall, just open the border, right? Sure, you can have a wall, but you can pass right through the gate, open and clearly. There's no guns. There's no. <clears throat> there's no drugs. And, and Mexicans just walk across the border and work. Americans can walk across the border and, you know, live a more free life. You know, see what a, see what it used to be like in America in the 1980s, and go to Mexico and you'll see what it is. But you can do whatever you wanted. The government and the laws weren't watching every movie you did and trying to figure out some way to put you in jail. You know, this is what religion taking over a country does. It puts laws that are against the, the civilians that want to live their lives how they want to live their lives. You know, this is what this whole drug war was. It was, we're going to make those who have a drug culture and enjoy partying and having an interesting time before they die and not be bored out of their minds and doesn't don't want to succumb to the dogma of you know I gotta get married and have kids and get a job. You know, people like that are oppressed and subjugated by the religious right. Why should they be able to force their opinions and the way they want to live and their morals on the vast majority of the middle and on the left? Right? Do we force and subjugate them you know, to have to do drugs? No. They're like, oh, imagine if the laws were you had to do drugs every day. And then people are like, no, I don't want to do my drugs. And you throw them in, drug, in jail because they didn't do their drugs. You know, wouldn't that be pretty shitty? You know, it's the same thing. 
You know, religious people are like, oh, you can't do drugs. We're going to force you to not do drugs. You know, and I agree, drugs are bad. You know, drugs have problems because people don't have any limits on them. You know, it's because it's like, you're going to have an open policy for it. Because that's the freedom. To hurt yourself, you want to hurt yourself doing drugs? And I say go right ahead. But instead of having a war on drugs and criminalizing it and creating all this illegal money around it and stopping freedom to do what the fuck you want in this country, you know, have a, you know, healthcare pre- prevention, you have rehab, have, you know, clean ability to do these things in an environment where if you want to shoot up heroin until you're like nearly dead, you can do that in a safe environment, right? And when you finally hit rock bottom, it's like, oh, maybe I need to get my life together. Now you can go to rehab. Well, people should be able to do that, I guess. Now, I'm not saying everyone should be a heroin addict, but what I am saying is, like, if it's a natural, if it's a natural version of it, that's what it should be. Like, if you chew coca leaves, that's fine. You can't do crack, you can't do cocaine. You want to smoke pot? That's fine. But, you know, methamphetamine? Bad. Not made. It's a chemical, crazy concoction. Mushrooms? Perfectly fine. Peyote? Ayahuasca? You know, all those shaman drugs? You know, I mean, especially shaman drugs. Because that's religion, right? This is one religion suppressing the ideals of another religion. That's what's going on. It's the same old story of the Christian religion oppressing... And suppressing anything they, they don't like, which is, you know, they'll put the label on it, pagan, right? Um, your nature religion, pagan. Your Viking religion, pagan. Your your Celtic, you know, pagan. If you're if you uh, <clears throat> worship ancient deities in Mexico, pagan. Your Native American religion, pagan. You know, that's a thing. I say bring back the pagan religions. You know, why the pagan religions just been abandoned? I don't understand. Everyone just wants to jump onto the bandwagon <clears throat> that this is the best solution to what's going to happen when you die. You know, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we're going to be Christian," because it's such a, uh, a happy way of viewing the afterlife. The thing is, quite frankly, again, I say, no one fucking knows. No one knows. You know, supposedly, you know, all those books in Christian religion, how many of them were written by Jesus? Just show me one. You know, I'll read that one. Where is it? You know, show me the chapter. I mean, just just one page. Not of something that someone said he might have said. Like something he wrote down. You know? Show it to me. All those books were inspired by... Hearing voices in their heads, supposedly. That, that's where it comes from. All those words in those Bibles were voices in someone's head. Were they truly the voice of God? Who knows? There's no way of knowing. I mean, it's, it's great if, if someone wants to believe in a religion wholeheartedly. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't like is people push the religion on everyone. They're like, oh, you gotta be Christian, or you gotta be Muslim, or you gotta be Jewish, or you gotta be Catholic. 
you got to be some subsect of all of those, right? If you ain't one of the major religions, they're hostile towards you. It's like, man, I always thought religion was supposed to, when I was younger, was supposed to be loving and caring towards your fellow being, human beings, right? I don't see that in any religions. Sure, they're nice and caring to people who are the same as them. The second they jump out of that, step out of that comfort box, you know, they don't like it. They don't like people who aren't like them. And their religion preaches that. You know, I think if the leadership of these religions didn't preach hate, maybe religions could get along. Maybe you can move, you know, different religions into different areas. But it's not like that. You know, religions preach hate, and this is how you get extremists. You get extremists in the Middle East, you become terrorists. You get extremists in America, they could become, you know, right wing. You know, whack jobs in the Republican Party. They don't even really represent the Republican Party anymore. <clears throat> the Republican Party that I know died, you know, just before Reagan got elected. And that's that's when it died. Republican Party, your tombstone was Reagan administration. After that, it was just, you know, stamping on rights of Americans. You know, ever since they saw the hippies coming out, and it was. Free love and everyone's cool and everyone's you know smoking pot and doing drugs and having a party and having a good time and rock and roll and rap is coming out. I mean religion was just like stop. What did they do? They went after the Republican Party. What did they use? They used abortion to do it. Now it isn't about abortion that's dividing America. It's about religion trying to impose its will. On people who just honestly want to be free and do what the fuck they want without being impeded by a governmental en entity that's controlled by religion or money or or in crazy laws that have been instituted by voting in crazy people to get harder and tougher on and make more laws to micromanage our lives. And that's all they do. This is what politics is, just constant micromanaging of civilization's life. And they justify it in their own ways. I mean, sure. Is the world going to be more safe if everyone wore seatbelts? Of course they are. Most people will die because of their seatbelts. But, but, don't you lose a little bit of freedom? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Everyone, everyone forgets that. You do lose, lose the freedom to choose whether or not you want to wear a seatbelt or not. It's not harming anyone that you're not wearing a seatbelt, right? Right? It's only harming yourself if you get in an accident. That's the same with same thing with motorcycle helmet laws. Or or having a drink or two and going out and driving. Now granted, you could hurt someone else drinking. I agree with that. But to the point where they've done it today, you can't even go out and have a dinner and have a beer or two. Or even perhaps perhaps three. Without you know, running into trouble with the law. You know? I mean, how impaired is someone after two or three drinks? Is it a little bit? Or is it a lot? Because I've, I'll admit, when I was younger, I drank and drive. Sure, you drink a lot of alcohol, you can't fucking drive a car. That's for goddamn sure. And I realized that. I tested it. What I did realize is... You can drink one or two beers, especially if you're older and have been drinking your whole life. 
and not feel alcohol at all. Sure, you may be a little happier, but you can still watch the road and know your speed and completely drive without any issues. You know, like I said, I did this when I was younger. I have tested this. You know, I think the limit should be like maybe two beers. I mean, that's reasonable. You go out, you, you have dinner, you have a beer with your dinner, and it'd be nice to have a beer before you go home without having to sit around for fucking three or four hours for it to go out of your system. You know, but they bring it to this draconian level of you can't have like one little bit of alcohol in you, like a DUI or DWI or whatever like three letter terms they want to put towards it nowadays to justify putting you in jail and taxing you and forcing you to not have fun and not to have the freedom to do what you want in this country anymore. And that's pretty shitty. Should we bring back, you know, ability to drink and drive? Mm, I don't know. I guess not. That's way too contentious. You know, one life could die. One person could die. I don't know. But, you know, Uber, you know, I say, fuck it. You want to go out and drink? You and your friends get an Uber and go drink. It's pretty pretty uh, inconvenient, I guess. But that's like that with everything. You want to do drugs? You should be able to do drugs. Want to walk around naked? You're not hurting anyone. Fuck it. Walk around naked. That's what I say. You know, that that's a liberal mindset. I mean, you want to live in a liberal state and liberal laws and then... That that's where you can live. And you want to live in a conservative state where they have like every law in the book thrown at you, then you could be tied down to that, I guess. There's no reason you can't have your cake and eat it too. And quite honestly, people need to come together in the middle. You know, I'm willing to let conservatives, you know, have their way that they want to live. So long as they stop trying to pressure the whole rest of society to be like that. You want to be like you know, 30 or 50% of the population and think like you do, or maybe even a smaller amount, and then, yeah, you can live in those parts of the country and think like you do. And if you live in the liberal area, shut the fuck up already. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of it. Americans just need to come together. If you want to live in a free state where you can do what the fuck you want, you know, party like it's 1980, then I think that's awesome. Or 1979. The year before Reagan got, got, got elected, right? You know, whatever happened to the days of metal and punk were, you know, people would just be badass. You know, if you got in a street fight, who the fuck cares? You want to drink drink a beer on the train track? Then go drink a beer on the train track. But nowadays, it's like, see, when someone sees you doing anything that's, you know, not approved by the state, they send the cops after you, <clears throat> and then before you know it, you got, like, a, a SWAT team around you. Most likely, they'll probably shoot you for doing nothing, quite honestly. I don't know how many things I've seen on the news where people just get shot for for sleeping in their car or answering a door. And the cop's like, well, I felt threatened. He moved his hand, like, a little bit. Like, they can say anything. Like, he blinked his eyes. You know, he was breathing. I felt threatened, so I shot him. Like, what part of that was threatening you know, was it the standing there and, and and not doing anything that was threatening or sleeping or, you know, opening the door to let you talk to the person? I mean, quite frankly, what's threatening about someone running away? If someone's running away, I'm looking for Rick to shoot them. You know, but they let it, they let it, let them get away with it. You know why? Here's the reason why, people. Because it, it really... It really solidifies 
the idea that the people in power and made these laws and rules can do whatever the fuck they want. They're not beholden to these rules at all. Only the people that they don't like are beholden to these rules. Because you know, they'll always be like, well, we don't break the law. Yeah, you don't break the law because you're the ones who made all the laws. You know, all the righteous, you know, establishment, rich people in the world, they're the ones who make all these laws. You know, they're the ones who codified everything. That you can't have fun and be free in this country anymore. It's always some excuse of safety, 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 or for the children, right? That's the one they always love to use. You know, what about all these children became adults? You know, these children became adults. They don't want to live like this. You know, they always say, oh, for the children. And guess what? Everyone used to be a child. You need to start looking at it as, you know, for humanity. These are the laws we need to make the world for. For people to be free, to live their lives. And I feel like, you know, people, <clears throat> one of these days you're going to just have to realize that we're in a surveillance world where your government is going to surveil and control you. And it's like, either you're going to let it happen or you're going to take the power back and surveil yourself. And when you surveil yourself and you're, you're in a transparent society, then you, can, you can demand that those in power do the same. You know, and that's the biggest problem. If you want a, a transparent world, you can't, like, point at the people on top and say, well, you got to be transparent. No. The people in the middle and the bottom, <clears throat> you need to be transparent. And then if everyone does it, it forces them to be transparent. Because if they're not, then it's not acceptable. They'll be voted out of office. Only transparent people will be voted into office. And that's where you start changing things on a, on a real base level. Because now... This is more backdoor deals. You want to talk about required transparency? It's people who are in leadership positions. Sure, if you're just an average Joe, you don't have to be as transparent. But you still should be recording your existence, or the the possibility of needing to be transparent should a situation arise, right? And why wouldn't you want to be recording yourself nowadays? When a cop pulls you over, I would think you'd want to see his face. Everything he says, everything he does, and asking, you know, why why are you justifying doing this to me as a free citizen of America and really of the world? You know, I never signed any contract to abide by these ridiculous laws that my government forces me to obey at the, at the point of a gun. Why are you pointing a gun at me for these laws that, you know, I had no, I, I want nothing to do with? You know, until... The world is transparent and America is transparent and simplifies all these crazy, out of control bullshit laws just to justify the existence of all this bureaucracy and administration, you know, just to justify their jobs, just to you know, figure out new ways of oppressing everyone in some form or manner and taking away a little bit of freedom, one little chip at a time. You know what? And until you humanity are transparent willingly you know it's impossible to you know force people on the top to do so you know this this is what i'm saying america needs to lead by example not our leadership not those monkey clowns in congress and the presidency you know and all the, the 
the entire administrative processes of most of the world, right? Not those people. You know, the people who are going to lead this world into the future is you and me. That's it. If you look around, who is it that creates all these wars? It's not the citizens of America. It's not the citizens of China or Russia, right? It's, it's the monkeys in charge. You know, it's, it's the guy with the finger on that button. You know, and then everyone behind him, you know, forcing everyone to do what they say because they just might push that button. That's always the threat. Well, if it's not the nuclear threat, it's the economic threat or the, uh, well, it is a nuclear threat because they're building that up again, right? They're rattling the nuclear sword again. It's crazy. Or it's the economic threat or it's the racial threat or immigration threat. It's always a threat with them. You know, they're always fighting everything. It's like, why are you fighting everything? Why can't you just let people be people? Like immigration? Someone's moving across the border. Fucking let them move. You know, this, this line you have in the sand doesn't mean anything. It means nothing to me. It's just fucking the line on a map. And these governments are like, well, we can't allow people to get away from you know, systematic problems in that country and come to a country that actually works. You know, we're afraid of them. And what might happen? Well, guess what? You can adjust and change. You can make things better through change. You know, if any, if America is anything, it's stagnant. There's just stagnancy of, and complacency of the status quo. You want to shake things up? You know, let everyone in South America come to America. That's what I say. Can you imagine the manufacturing labor force we'd have if you could pay Mexicans, well, I don't know, one third the price that we pay an average American. Or anyone in South America. You want to come work in America? You'll get one-third minimum wage. And you have to live in like these segregated communities. You know, because quite frankly, these people, they come into the country, they want to segregate themselves. You know, and that's fine. But you segregate yourself, you don't want to you don't want to merge and become part of another country. And that, that's the problem they have in Europe. They just let them go everywhere. And it's like, no, we should segregate them. You know, and then once they pass written tests and they know the culture of America or they know the culture of Europe, and they're willing to testify that yes, I will, you know, <clears throat> I will obey the cultural, you know, the cultural heritage of the country I've just moved to, and try instead of trying to demand that my culture, you know, is, is the only thing that can be. You know, you can be your culture that you want to be. In your segregated area, if you want Muslim land in in Germany or Muslim land in you know France, go live in a in a state or a city where you're allowed to you know be Muslim and practice your law and do whatever the fuck you want. You know, but you are a visitor. If you want to be you know a citizen of that country, you got to go through the whole process of learning their culture more than anything, and be willing and able and capable. Of assimilating into the culture you've decided to adopt and be you know if you're from you know Iran or Iraq and you're gonna move to France you got to be you know kind of French you know, look at the Indians in Britain you know do they act Indian no they act British you know black people from from Africa they move to Britain are they African no they act they act British the same thing with anyone who moves to countries 
that over time they become like the country. But you get certain groups that these days, they just will not 100% give up their identity of who they are and try to assimilate themselves in the culture that they've decided to move into. No, they try to you know, basically invade culturally into another country and force people to have to deal with their different ways. You know? But in some ways, I think that's good. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, personally, I think the whole world should just move around. That's the only way you're going to get people to to start working and living together. You know, if you want to change the world, world, just marry someone from our country and then move over there. Or have them move to this country, right? If, you know, 100,000 people in America, you know, married 100,000 Mexicans, well, guess what? Immigration problem solved. You know, we're South Americans. You know, and they could bring their kids. You know? Maybe it doesn't even have to be opposite sex. It could be the same sex. You know, good luck having the government track down every single person and determine whether or not they're telling the truth. You know, good luck. If enough people did it, there's not a damn thing they could do about it. Not a damn thing. And that's the Achilles heel of governmental control over borders, is marriage. And this is why religion controls it. If you, if you, if you allow, if you break that mindset of, you know, marriage has to be a quote-unquote sanctified and special and religious and, you know, written down governmental contract thing, and instead flip it and realize that it's all bullshit, right? But while it's all bullshit, you can utilize it for one thing, which is circumventing this, these rules these governments make, not allowing people to be free citizens of the world. And if you want to, like, move to another country, just marry someone. Marry them in a year, marry them in two years, marry them in five years, become a citizen. You know, move to another country, just constantly marry people all over the world. There's not a damn thing they can do about it. Because once you sign that certificate, you can become a citizen of another country. It's just that easy. Now, China, certain countries, they don't, they still won't, they're kind of assholes about it. But in a lot of countries, like America and European countries, there's not a thing they can do about it. I mean, if you really want to change the world, people, there are tools and things you can do yeah. to change the world, and there's not a thing they can do about it. What do you do? Stop you from not working? Stop you from dropping out? Stop you from t protesting individually by, you know, simply wearing a mask, or like a zombie mask, with, you know, a protest or a shirt with that? Like, oh no, let's shoot the zombies. And cops are going to run around shooting people with masks on? It's like, holy shit. The police force is out of control. Now apparently a mask is reason to shoot you. Well, I'm sure it would happen. If enough people did it, they'd be like, oh, these people are all terrorists. That's like the first thing that, the first label they would throw at you. Well, people who want to make actual change and bring the power back to people, well, let's label them terrorists somehow. Because one or two people with zombie masks do some stupid shit. You know, 0.01% of the population of people who, who are for change do something wrong and therefore we label everyone as extremists, you know. This is what they would try to paint it as. 
You know, like I said, there's there's things that people can do to make change. There's nothing the system can do about it. Like stop using money. You know, it's like the crack of society. This is what forces everyone to do what those on top say. You know, how do you think they were able to build all these weapons of war and nuclear bombs? Because of money. Humans would never build such things without this extreme concentration of money and power in the hands of a few people. You know, money and power was equally distributed and the world actually worked and was e actually economically uh, <clears throat> actually economically um, I don't want to say the word fair but just or you know, equitable I guess you could say fair then people wouldn't even need these weapons of war. There would be no reason for people to want to even build them. I mean, it's pointless. Why would you have them? Why would you want to destroy a perfectly running society where everyone you know, participated and put forth effort and then got something out of it? As long as you put something forth in society and put effort into it, you get something out of it. You know, and that, that's that's the give and take. There's no more just extremism anymore. You know, that's that's a, that's one of the sicknesses of humanity. You know, people want to know what's wrong with humanity, look in the mirror. Because society brainwashes you into thinking that what they say you want is what you really want in life. You know, everyone wants to be rich and successful. Everyone wants a house and a car and two kids and go on vacations. And this and that and everything else, just yada yada yada. <clears throat> if you're really rich, you have like a garage just full of cars, right? That'd be my dream if I was rich. <laughs> I would be the typical man. I mean, wouldn't I would love to have a bunch of muscle cars? But you know, that reaching for the top is endless. You know, until we get out in space, trying to reach and be like those in power is literally endless. You can, no one is ever happy, no matter how much money they have. Everyone competes for everything. You know, people stop competing for being like those on top. You know, people don't, wouldn't want, you know, people start, stop competing and trying to be like those on top. People wouldn't feel the need to want to have money as much. That instead, they could just help each other out and live a lower standard of living <clears throat> and try to bring those up below them to a higher, better standard of living and understanding how to change things in the world by doing the same thing and helping people out, right? If everyone in the world just helped each other out and just was honest about it and transparent what they've done, you know, because now there's some kind of accountability, right? You can at least see that someone's actually doing something in society instead of just sitting on their ass, right? That's always the big fear. That's always the big argument. Well, you know, how you can't you can't go without money because then people just sit around and don't do anything. They're just lazy. Yeah, I get it. That's true. But in an open, transparent society where you can verify the information, you know, and there's verifiers out there that can do it. If you looked at someone's profiles and oh, this is what they've done, this is how long they've worked, and these are the things they do, and this is what they try to take from society, you know, and it's transparent. You know, and then people would want to help each other out because 
they would see that you know they have done more than they've taken from society so i will help you and it shows that i am doing something to help society it gives me an opportunity to quote unquote build wealth which is really just a record of what you've done to help change society and help it get along and you can go into specifics of all the things that have been done right or you could just look at the totaling of it you know what's the weighted hourly effort that someone has put forth you know not only this week or this month but their life you know, what's the training they have done versus what have they tried to take out of society you know and the more people that do this the more people that work and help each other out and everyone starts doing this you start having people actually working and doing things without having to need money why is that better because all money does when it's held by the top is restrict people from working from doing things from helping each other out because everyone's everyone's always out looking for a payday and handing their hand out right and usually it's through an employer the employer doesn't even want to give you a fair share of it takes most of it for himself right imagine getting rid of those employers imagine getting rid of you know someone up there taking the majority of what the wealth of what you've done in society for themselves no everyone gets a hundred percent or nearly a hundred percent of what they work for in society no more taxes there's no need for taxes you know the only form of tax in the future I would say is people giving of some of their labor to to in a way quote unquote kickstart a funding for a large project to help majority of humanity like a public works thing like you know satellites in space for worldwide internet or <clears throat> space development and a conveyor belt like space system to go from here to Mars and to get fuel out on that moon and, and the moon, to the moon and to another planet you know, just this conveyor belt of ships you can get onto. You know, why can't we develop these things? Why can't we have flying drone cars where they go from pole to pole picking up electricity instead of you know having to carry all this expensive batteries and equipment, right? You should be able to just go to sleep in your drone and wake up in another city, you know, a thousand miles away overnight. Not only, you know, did you get to where you're going comfortably. But you slept the entire way. You didn't even have to pay for a hotel. You just slept in the air. That's where I want to see drones go. It's like, oh, I'm going to go halfway across the country and visit someone. Ugh, it's 9 p.m., you know, 10 p.m. I'm going to go to sleep. You get your drone, you close the door, you lay down, adjust your pillow, maybe strap on a safety device of some kind, push a button, and you snooze out. Maybe read a book before you go out. You know, you just float along from place to place. You know, that's what drones can be. You know, but they're they're trying to restrict it and control it where it's going to be, you know, some really expensive thing you have to save up and buy, right? Instead of a a simplified, or structured for the people motor transport that is <clears throat> easy to fix maintain 
replace. You know, it's just like all this overcomplication just makes everything expensive, people. You know, it's nice to have nice things, but quite honestly, if you had one perfect car, everyone could have the perfect car, right? Of course, there's not one perfect car. There's different things you need for every car. But what I'm saying is you could have just a few models and all the parts are interchangeable. And everything is, you know, the made for like a good period of time where once you stop making a model, there's endless parts to fix it. Like say you made the full Mustang for fucking 20 years. And it never changed the body, never changed the parts. But guess what? You'd have millions of the same car out there. And when you need a part, they're everywhere. You know, that's the beauty of that. And what happens is, in that form of doing things, companies are now forced to create like a really higher tech version of it over a period of 10 or 20 years and come up with the next model. And they discontinue making that model, the old one, and it has interchangeable parts. And it's not as nice as the new one, so therefore, it starts trickling, like actually trickling down into the poorer economies of the world. Instead of a money trickle down, it's a technology trickle down. And that's where you start really changing the world too. Instead of like, you know, always like saying, well, we can throw money into the, into the world and that'll trickle down to the low economics. No, it never happens. When it comes to money, you know, those in power always try to reap it for themselves. But you can trickle down technology. You can trickle down goods. But the only way you can really do that is if it's, you know, something that can be interchangeable, replaceable, and it's standardized. Not only in, in the company which makes it, but in the industries, you know? Why do you gotta have like a thousand different parts for every single vehicle? Thousands of parts. It's mind-boggling. <clears throat> you know, and, and continuing to support such a complex system, I can tell you one thing, you're guaranteed to one day have a shock to our system and then it all just comes shutting down because you can't get parts for anything. Because the machinery isn't around anymore to make it. And it doesn't even have to be a lot of machinery. You know, stuff made nowadays is just like, one little part isn't made, you can't make the rest of it. It's just impossible to get. You know, with global climate change, that can happen real fast. I can guarantee you. And this is a real danger with having such a complex technological system. When you have technology that is, in, is not complex, that is standardized, and is the same everywhere, and easy to fix and replace, it's like, now you're insulated against that shock of, you know, what if something big happens? Well, something big happens, we get always find parts around us because they're all the same. Or there's very, very, very many of the similar parts for, for things that we need to run society around us. But no, we have just constant change and development and endless variation. And there's something to be said to have standardization that... I mean, it may not be as nice to have, as nice as having endless choice, 
it is nice because you don't have to deal with endless choice, right? <clears throat> you get the best, most reliable, single, developed, researched thing, and it's produced massively. Can you imagine if everyone was driving, you know, a Ferrari? That was the standard. Everyone had a Ferrari. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, who wouldn't want to drive around in a Ferrari? You could pick, like, you know, five cars in there. We get Ferraris, we all get Lamborghinis, we all get Bentleys, or we all get Hummers. You know? You get, like, those are what you get. And they make them for 20 years. Now you've got, like, you know, 20 or 30 million Ferraris running around. 20 or 30 million Bentleys. And when it breaks down, guess what? They're everywhere. The parts are everywhere. You don't have to, like, try to find one little piece of a part that doesn't exist in the world anymore because they're all in the junkyard, right? And that's what standardization of parts and, you know, and long, long periods of production can bring you. It's just silly to me that people waste so much time and money and effort on so much variation just so we could have quote-unquote endless choice. They have quote-unquote freedom. You know, you want to talk about freedom, how about freedom from all this consumerism and all this minutia of choice? I mean, choice is nice, but it's also a trap. It's a trap of, like, you know, endless <clears throat> commercialization, and endless broadcasting of new products, endless trying to have to keep up with it. And it traps you because now you always got to like upgrade, right? It's expensive. Like imagine if you still had the car today that you had 20 years ago and the parts are readily available and people still drive the same car. You know, wouldn't that be awesome? You would have to replace your car every five years. You know, there are great things to having a standard that, you know, you pick one car and then, you know, one model, and then five or six different companies can make that same car. Or at least the standard of, you know, the parts that go into it. You could, like, change a little bit, like, I don't know, maybe have custom bodies or custom interiors. But everything else is the same. You just bolt on different materials onto a frame, and then you got, like, a different body. It looks cool. If you don't like it, you unbolt it, you bolt it down, and then you 3D print it again into something else. I mean, all you gotta do is change the body style. Everything else is the same. You know, maybe you could, uh, you can have the interiors different too. I mean, that's not too much customization. But as long as the majority of the vehicles, like a good example is cars, all the parts that work in it are the same. That's what I'm going for. The same thing with drones. You know, drones that would fly people around. Very standardized. Model upgrades every 20 years. Maybe 15. Who knows? But as long as there's like these huge leaps of upgrade, I mean, that's what you want. And then just mass produced. And you make it for long periods of time. If you, if you have an idea that you want to make it better, you know, don't wait on it. Do it now. 
instead of trickling out, you know what this would also bring? Here's another thing that you don't realize when you do this, is when you have standardization of products for long periods of time, you force society and companies to bring everything to the table and make the best thing that they can right now. Instead of this endless, endless trickling out of technology just to grab more money from everyone, just to make everyone more of a slave. So that everyone has to have the newest thing. You know, it's like it's like an addict. You know, we're all addicts to the addiction of this constant change and upgrading of things, right? And, and the result of it is, is to try to grab as much wealth from humanity as they can. You know, by getting people and tricking them, in my opinion, to think that more change is better. The constant upgrades. I mean, I wish I could just keep the same phone for at least, you know, five years so it still works. What, they, what do they do? They change the operating system endlessly so that it never works. So at some point you gotta be like, you know, enough is enough change. Let's keep it the same for, you know, 15 or 20 years. It's the same thing with the laws. Like, let's stop bickering about abortion and guns for a little bit. Let's, let's pick a good middle point and just not, not even talk about it for 20 years. Don't even want to hear it on the news. Someone protesting you know, abortion, you know, press, protesting guns. Like, nope. We've all agreed to have a middle, middle ground. We're not going to talk about it until fucking 2040. You know, meanwhile, we're going to get the whole world fixed. We're going to fix all this shit. All the shit around us. We're going to start making nuclear power and exporting it to all these developing countries for free if we have to. We're only, this is part of the problem. We can't fix global warming by just making America green. You gotta make the world green. And how do you do that? You gotta provide endless electricity to the world that competes with you know cheap coal and oil. And what what's the only thing that can do that? Not green energy, but nuclear energy. It's the only thing. You know, America and China and Russia can all be the biggest exporters of nuclear energy altogether. And you would just like wipe out greenhouse gases in a heartbeat. But no, they want to go to this carbon thing. Carbon taxing. Right? This is the thing we can all the rich and powerful people can agree to. Why? Because it puts money into greening the world. It's all about making more power and money for themselves, right? Sure. It may help a little. It may kind of incentivize businesses to change. But if you just like had free electrical power for the world, I mean, global greenhouse gas fuels just couldn't compete. They just couldn't compete. And you're like, well, how how could it be free? I'll tell you how it could be free. The uh, all that nuclear power we have is sitting in silos that everyone's already paid for. You know, I paid for it. Your grandparents have paid for it. Your great grandparents have paid for it. It's paid for. It's owned by the government, so therefore it's owned by the people. And why should the people have to pay for electricity, for energy, that we've already paid for? We shouldn't. We denuclearize. That's step one. And then step two, you make nuclear energy out of it. And step three, you give it away for free because it comes from, guess what? Nuclear bombs. And you have to dig out of the ground. You know, there's no industry or someone you have to pay. It's already there. 
It's already free. And what does that do? It frees up endless amounts of money and resources that humans could, you know, spend on other shit. You know, right there, there's there's consumerism. You know, those like because consumerism. You know, but I say, take all that money, and instead of like just buying shit and giving more money to the rich, instead try to help out your humanity around you, and bring up those below you. You know, that's what really fixes the world. If you need to stop focusing on having instead of having more and having less, and instead, you know, getting all they can for themselves in their life, instead of making the world a better place, so the lives of everyone are better. You know, we can reach for the stars, people. We can get there. But we need to make it happen. You know, you know what's not gonna make it happen is those in power with lots of money and lots of you know pull, you know, to the left or right. They're never going to get it to happen because they just always, I mean, it's just a track record. They just always do everything they can for their own gain. That's it. That's it. How else do you explain all the bullshit that goes on in this world today? I mean, it's a, it's a sickness of humanity. You know, the people on the top, they have a sickness of, I've got to accumulate wealth. I've got to, like, you know, build up resources. I've got to have security. You know, so I gotta make more weapons. I gotta posture. You know, we don't really want to fight, but we'll posture. We're gonna be like, ooh, ooh, like a bunch of cavemen. Well, I've got the bigger spear. You know, this is what people do. You know, it carries on on this huge global scale. It's like we live just like cavemen. Like all of our fear and hindrances, the unacceptance. You know, and forcing everyone to be like us. You know, this is what we do. This is what we've done for hundreds of years. Nothing has really changed since the Middle Ages with the kings and tyrants of old and the Pope and religion running everything. It's the same shit. It's just been mixed around and given a new name and given a new image and restructured, but it's still a control system. Nothing has changed. We've never had a system that you know, is run for the people, by the people, you know, without representation or some kind of hierarchical system forcing us all to do what they say, which is usually what conservatives want, right? They codify morality. They take away freedom. You know, that's what hierarchical systems bring you. If you want to, if you want to have real freedom, you know, a consensus world, and everyone just, you know, says what they think should it be, and votes, and are aware, you know, what's going on in the world, and makes an opinion, and it's transparent about it, you can start, you know, and anonymous at the same time, you can start figuring out where people stand on things. You know, what is the limit that we can have a balance between freedom and safety? You'll never understand that balance until you're able to see where people stand on it. What's the majority? Where are all the people in the middle? You know, where do they want to see that balance? Most people want to see more freedom and less government. And this is why I can totally side with Republicans on the way. But Republicans always skew that to me because they're controlled by the Christian coalition is you know more weaponized religious fundamentalists who are white. I mean, that, that's really the Republican Party today. And this is why I love Trump, because he's shown them for everything they are. 
Now that's not not just the knock Republicans, but it's the knock Republicans who've been brainwashed by this, you know, religious takeover of the party. You know, whatever happened to the words, you know, division of church and state. And if you could say that America is is the is not controlled by a religious a religious entity, and then you apparently haven't looked at the news in the last you know decades. It's been going on since the Reagan administration. It's been going on since you know the whole abortion issue. Because that's what they use to hook into the Republican Party. You know, Republicans didn't used to be like this. They didn't used to be all about abortion and just radicals. But they are now. You know, if they have their way, it'll be like Iran. Just a, a, a Republican Christian version of Sure law. <clears throat> I mean, that's the ideal they have in their minds. Well, women are subjugated again, forced to wear dresses, and stay at home and raise babies, while the men run around with guns and protect and protect their surroundings, make sure no one's you know doing something shifty that's not like them. Because you know, we can't trust people who aren't like us. Outsiders, right? That's what happens when you have closed mindedness. That's what happens when you don't want to know your neighbor. You know, I have news for people who are, you know, white and feel like they're being, you know, feel like you're being marginalized. You know, you feel like you're being marginalized, but guess what? This is what. You know, people who are black, who are Hispanic, who are Italian, who are, you know, another country, origin, or another religion, have been feeling since day one, when the white man and religion, you know, stepped off that boat and onto American soil, before it was called America. You know, this place used to belong to the heathens of the Native Americans, right? The indigenous peoples. You know, they didn't care. Start shooting. You know, that, that was the solution. That's what religion brought to America. And, we, and a lot, and most people came here at that time, you know, left Europe just to get away from all that shit. They left to get away from the religion, the religious establishment that's in the, in the politics. You know, they use that to justify their, their position in politics and all the money and power behind it and the, the creation of like, just huge concentrations of wealth. I mean, that was rife through Europe. Europe was like a ghost town compared to today. I mean, it was just like all of Europe was rural, right? And even then, the poor people had nothing and the rich people had everything. I mean, there were literally endless space and resources, and yet the rich people still owned everything. You couldn't shoot a deer. Without being arrested, you know. Talk about being forced to uh, do the will of the king when you couldn't eat by living off the land. They really forced you into society back then.
This is why I watch that show, Motley Crue. It's just like, it reminds me, you know, this is what the 80s used to be like, or you know, prior to the 80s, really, before this huge crackdown of you know, surveillance state that you have today. This is what electronics and technology has brought us. You know, people were right to be afraid of the computer. Why? Because it's created a surveillance state, a surveillance world. You know, a, a dogma mentality of the media that they push to make people think a certain way. <clears throat> it used to be people were, you know, got in groups and knew each other and they got along and, you know, movements happened because people lived with each other and knew each other and knew their neighbor and, you know, they saw something was wrong and they, they, they fixed it or, you know, they were tired of living, dealing with all the bullshit of the man and, you know, just do what they wanted. You know, that used to go on. Why? Because they codify everything in the law, make everything legal, and then surveil everyone and track everyone, what they do. And then just throw the book at you if anything ever happens. You can do anything anymore. Like, one more action. Like, say you run around naked. You probably get fucking five fines for that, right? You're, like, just running down the street naked. How many laws do you think you're breaking? You think you're breaking one law? Two laws? Five laws? This is what they do. They just throw the book at you. You know, to subvert justice in your day in court. You know, they'll throw the book at you and present you with years and years of penalties to twist your arm and force you to, to take a plea deal, right? And that's the problem. People take the plea deal. This is what happens when you're lazy about your government and how they you know, use law against you. You're just making it easy for them when you do a plea deal. You imagine if they had to like try each one of those laws that they threw at you and they had to pay for the public defender? I mean, that, that's how you change things. And even if they do throw you in jail for all five crimes, and they start doing that for everyone, well, guess what? The prisons just fill up quicker and quicker, right? If everyone protested this, that the prisons filled up quicker and quicker, and they had to pay for all these legal defenders and bring in all these jurors, and build, you know, thousands of more courthouses, you know, eventually they either break them financially, or people will get sick of being called into jury duty, and they would try to start fixing new laws to make some a semblance of fucking sense. You know, how are these laws, you know, supposed to be expected to be known? You know, they're always like, well, ignorance of law is no excuse. Um, that's complete bullshit. That's such a cop-out. You're trying to tell me that I'm supposed to know what lawyers know? And quite honestly, they don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Law is so complex. You have to hire a lawyer and pay hundreds of dollars an hour to get them to freaking do anything for you. Because it's that hard of a degree to get to be a lawyer. You gotta go to school for years. And yet, you know, this is what they say. Ignorance of law is no excuse. Well, you know, show me the logbook that I'm supposed to read. You know, let's time how long it would take on average to read this book. I'll read this book for an hour. You know, see what my comprehension level is. See how many pages I get through. And then we can like use math and figure out how many hours I would need to read all these law books, so that I could, so you could reasonably say that ignorance of law is no excuse. 
How many hours do you think that would take for me to be semi-knowledgeable of all the laws that are out there that we need to know? It would take you forever. Most lawyers don't know all the laws. Most lawyers don't even know all the laws. And yet, we're supposed to know all the laws. And you don't walk down the street one day in your life where you haven't accidentally broke some law. Like jaywalking. How many, how many times I've broken the law for jaywalking in my life? I should be in jail for like probably 20 years from other jaywalking I've walked, I've uh, laws I broke. It's crazy. That's another law, jaywalking. I mean, what the fuck? You can't cross the street to any location? And someone gets run over, and then it's their own fucking damn fault. That's what I say. Take responsibility for your actions. Let's get rid of the jaywalking law. I mean, no one fucking follows it anyways. I mean, it, to be safe, I mean, sure, you should cross the crosswalk. But to make it illegal, to take away the right and freedom to choose whether or not you want to use the crosswalk, or walk across anywhere you want, it's just un-American. It's a bullshit law. You know, the, the establishment of morality and <clears throat> codification of ethics and, you know, pulling your strings and, you know, forcing humanity to do what it says, to micromanage everyone's lives. You know, that's what's going on when you come up with all these laws. And not only that, but they're always changing. They're always changing. Constantly. It's hard just to keep up the number of changes in the laws. Then you got then you got like the taxes. You know, taxes just like the judicial systems and the legal systems we have. Just as inane and incomprehensible and ever changing and complex and unfair, quite frankly, because this tax system is supposed to give you a fair shake, right? And that's that's the whole point of them, right? But no, it's a complicated system where the only people get a fair shake in it, which quite honestly is a, not a fair shake in my opinion, in most people's opinion, are people who could afford just teams of lawyers to go through all this tax law and figure out ways to not pay taxes. Whereas most of us, we can't afford these lawyers, right? We can't structure our lives in such a way where I can get the best write-off because it would cost me too much. But I should get the best write-off, right? That's what all these laws are for. It should be able to find, well, this is the best way that you can figure out your life to you know, not pay as much taxes. That's the fair shake. But it never happens because people, one, don't want to deal with it, and two, can't afford someone else to pay someone else to deal with it. And if they did, it would probably cost them more than it would be worth, right? So in my view, you know, all these IRS taxing laws of all these countries, it's just all bullshit. It's all bullshit. This is why I'm all for this flat tax. If you have any, any taxes, flat tax. Everyone pays it. Even the corporations. Even rich people. Yep. Even people with all the money. They have to pay it too. They're not exempt. If you can expect like, the poorest people in the rungs of society to have to pay a tax, then the richest people in the rungs of society should pay tax too. And that's just hide it overseas. You know, personally, I think it's just get rid of taxes. This just solves everything. Just get rid of it. Gone. 
And when people start seeing the roads aren't fixed, it's like, hmm, do we want our roads fixed? Do we want public education? I guess we'll have to kickstart that. You know, let's put a thing out that we need a certain amount of money and do fundraising for education and fundraising for fixing roads and fundraising for having an FAA and fundraising for you know, having an EPA or some kind of entity that overlooks regulation of you know, the common good of the people. You know, if people don't like the way things are, then people won't fund it. And things that people feel like there should be more funding for get funded, and things that people feel there should be less funding for will not get funded. Like you want to get rid of ICE, you know, this whole ICE people at the border who treat people like garbage, don't fund them. There, they're gone. You want to have spaceships that go to the fucking moon on a monthly basis? Fund that. There you go. We're, we're going to start living on the moon. I mean, how awesome would that be? Like a hitch a ride to the moon. You know, why haven't we done that? It's crazy. It's just unacceptable. Especially given our level of human ingenuity and technology we have today. You know, that's what it's all about. We have all this ability to think and reason and scientifically understand things out, right? But what's happened is those in power and religion and finance and politics want to just control all this stuff that can set us free. You know, we're at a time in humanity where you have all this technology and ability to communicate and have a consensus system and know you have an open transparent society society and being able to trust each other without you know all these rules and laws hanging over our heads to force us to trust each other with money right <clears throat> we're at this point with technology where we can just set us free and we can go into space and we have like this awesome you know space-wide society where we and resources are endless space is endless you know, poverty goes away. It's just amazing the things you would solve by getting in the space. But why don't we? Because those in power don't want it to happen, quite frankly. There's really no other explanation for it. And they're just buying their time for <clears throat> concentrating more power in their hands. And quite frankly, they've done it. I mean, I applaud them. You know, you won Monopoly. Now Donald Trump, yep, congratulations. Putin, Z, you know, all your bankers, all your religious people, yep, congratulations. CEOs, good job. You know, you twisted the system. You you won Monopoly. You, know, you one percenters on the top. Have it all. Congrats. You know, now, you can even be part of the change to solve the problems of humanity, you know, and help jumpstart it, or you can stand in the way and be, and be part of the problem. And you need to choose a side. Like I said, most people with power, they'll never give it up. Never. They would never want to see the value of everything they, you know, accumulated in their lives. You know, resource gathering to go away. It's just entitlement technology, you know, entitlement mentality. 
Yeah, I'm entitled to uh, have the majority of all the wealth of my company, or all the wealth of the world, because I'm in charge. You know, no one else can do my job. It's like, you know what? Lots of people could do your job. Lots of people, quite frankly. And honestly, I think you know, this leadership that we have today, way too concentrated. Beyond, beyond, beyond concentration. It's just like our leadership concentration is as high as our wealth disparity. You know, that's how concentrated and disproportionate it is. If, if you see the wealth disparity in this world in the right context, you can also see <clears throat> the control and power structure disparity in the world that we have. It's a direct correlation because money is power, right? This is why we have the one percenters. This is why we have the 60 percenters or more of people who live in abject poverty, right? It's money, it's wealth, it's power, it's connection, it's authority at the point of the gun because of laws, laws institutionalized by conservatives who want to retain power and not let the world go into the future, you know, freed from its own enslavement. You know, that's the mentality, it's enslavement mentality. You know, it's not like back in the day where it was race, but nowadays it's economic enslavement or debt enslavement. <clears throat> now this is what they do today. When people start seeing that, that money doesn't bring you happiness, money brings you enslavement. You know, that that's the curse of, you know, going to college these days. You know, college used to set you free. And now college is, it's an enslavement trap. It's a debt. You're, you're having to pay back society in debt to become educated and a better person in society to make society better. You know, that seems kind of like at opposites to me. You know, someone who's willing to spend you know, years of their lives studying and getting to a point where they're able to do more and help society more has to go into debt to do it. It seems like it should be the opposite. It seems like you should be paying people to go to school, right? But who pays for it? It's, it's the people who have the least amount of ability to do so, the students. That's who pays for it. You know, the beneficiaries of a highly educated workforce, you know who it is. It's those in power. The people with the money, people in politics, and especially the people in big business. They have this endless pool to see people who are overeducated and overqualified to choose from. And this, in turn, allows them to push down wages endlessly. There's nothing but you know, benefit for them. You know, everyone goes into debt and is overeducated, their jobs are going to exist. Because it just allows them to keep more money for themselves. Put you into debt, put you into slavery, and then force everyone to compete for jobs that you know have way too many people applying for them. And such as you know, smart jobs. It's all jobs. Why? 
because they use money to restrict people from just working and making society work and helping each other out. Imagine if there's no money. Imagine if money just poof disappeared one day. Just I mean just like instant like whole world just gone, right? None of this financial, you know, bullshit crap of, you know, something happened in the stock market and you know, this this currency's down and yada 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 expenditures got congress blah 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 no imagine it just vanished like a blink of an eye what would people do you know would the world continue to function would we have to start endlessly printing money or would just you know it's just this is what people need to realize is like you can make the world work without money like if money just disappeared People could just continue working. And there wouldn't be like all this bean gathering. Because money doesn't exist anymore. It's just gone. So people instead would just work to, you know, have a place in society where you know they show they're working and they're putting forth effort in society, helping it out. And therefore, you're able to take things from society as well. The things that you need. And honestly, what that does, because there's no money anymore, it frees up everyone to start working. Because there's no money. There's no more constraint of human labor through money. And that's what money does. Not only does it like you know buy people into doing things and you know incentivize people to do labor, it also constrains people to do labor. That's the major driving point of money and control. It constrains and stops people from working together to make the world better. This is why the majority of people don't do anything. Because they, they, they can't make any money to do it. When in reality, if they change their mindset, they would start realizing that, hmm, you know what? I could just, like, just do people, do things for people for free. And all I got to do is, you know, be transparent in the world and look at other transparent people. And see what they've done to help society, and they can see what I've done to help society, right? There's your solution. You don't need money when you have that. People just start trusting each other. That's what you need to build. A transparent society builds trust amongst each other. And without trust, you can't have a world without money. You can't have a world without money. You can't have a world without. All this corruption and this top-down power of debt creation. You know, everyone's a slave to the system. They don't even realize it. And they accept it wholeheartedly. It's like, well, as long as I go to my job and I pay my taxes, you know, I'll get a fair shake out of society. Because, you know, that's what they brainwashed me to believe when I went to school. Right? They turn your, like, idealistic, you know, childhood mind, who's just full of fantasy and thought and imagination, and thinking that the world can be a great, beautiful, peaceful place that you've been born into, and they squish it, and they make it into a square, and you're like, okay, well, this is how the world is, because, you know, this is how it was made by a bunch of rich people. You know, and it's true, that is the way, that is the reality of the real world, right? But the thing is, you could instead of accepting the reality that's been made for humanity that you live in, 
You could instead make your head into a sphere again and imagine a world of reality that could be, right? Why can't we live in a world where all of humanity works together to be in space, like Star Trek? You know, why not? Why can't we? Because, well, that's impossible. Well, that's like, that's a good century away, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be a century away. It could be here today. Maybe not today, today, but within our lifetimes, right? Next 20 or 30 years, it's 100% possible. Why? Because we have the computing power. We have the drone power. We have the ability to process and design things. You can totally make enough drones and material and put it in space and build a spaceship in space. Right? It's not impossible. But people don't think like that. People don't think, well, you know, we have we have these bits and parts and pieces that we could bring together to make the space race real. But we're not gonna do it. It's too far fetched, right? But it's not. You know why? Because people should strive for that because space literally solves most, if not all, of our problems. You can be the most extremist religious person in the world. Wants to live in just like the sheer law world or this pure Christian world. And guess what? There's probably places on Mars or even on other planets you could do exactly what you want. You know, one day with space, we could get there. Why? Because like I said, it's literally endless. It goes on literally forever. You know, we don't really know what what goes, how far it goes. It is like unfathomable to most people how big it is. I mean, I know because I look at you know science and technology and, and astronomy. And most people are just like, I've asked people before, it's like, how many stars do you think there are in the sky? You know, so you you be able to tell the intelligence of someone on their understanding of space if you ask them this question. And they look up and they're like, yeah, let me see. I've been around my whole life. I look up. There's got to be a few, I don't know, a million of them? You know? And they look up, and that's what they see. They see a million stars or whatever. And in their minds, that's probably a high number, right? They're probably actually thinking, or and they've actually said a few thousand. You know, I've actually had people say, well, there's, there's you know, maybe 10, 20,000 stars. And I'm like, man. How do you not, how do you think like that? I don't understand that. Today's modern world and society, you have the viewpoint that the size of the universe is, you know, at most a million stars. And really, there are billions and billions of galaxies. I mean, it's un unknowable the number of galaxies that are in this in the universe. We can estimate it, right? But it's it's a very high number, right? Very high. And when I say galaxies, I mean galaxies. Every galaxy has billions of stars. Our own Milky Way has billions of stars. And each one of those galaxies with billions of stars knows most likely have planets. I mean, it's like, no doubt they have planets. I've always accepted that as fact. But because, you know, we can never prove it, you know, everyone's just like, well, it could just be stars. You know, these could be the only planets in the universe. It's fucking crazy. Now we know there's planets, right? How many planets are there? You know, the billions of 
galaxies times billions of stars times how many planets are around each one of those stars, which really makes it endless, right? And in all that space, you don't think there's a, you know, there are resources or a planet that you can go to and just you know, live how you want. You can. You can. I mean, it's just a fact. But nope. Everyone wants to sit on this planet and fight for everything. To prove they're right. To get more power. And instead of seeing the bigger picture of, you know, we can't have our cake and eat it too. What's space? You know, no one wants to put things aside long enough for that to happen. That's the problem. Especially religion. Like, you can't put your shit aside for one or two generations so we can get in space. Right? It's crazy. And you know why that is? Because each one of them wants to be right. Each one of them wants to control the narrative. Each one of them wants to be the power structure. Each one of them wants to have someone on the top telling everyone else what to do for the benefit of themselves. And that's what you get with you know, representational hierarchical structure systems as today. You know, how many corporations out there are owned by the people? You know, and there are some out there. Look at those. Those are good examples of you know where this world would be if governments were like that. And the monetary system would be like that. There aren't many out there. Typically, people who work for them are much happier, and they get a lot more equity for their work at these companies. Yeah, I could go on and on about this stuff. It does move around a lot, but <clears throat> I try my best to stay on track, but it usually comes down to those th three things. Money, power, and religion. You know, people always want to look up at those three things and be like, well, these are the pillars of society. It's like, yeah, you're right. They're the pillars of society holding society down. Everyone thinks, well, these are the pillars holding up society. Yeah, they're holding up that, that hierarchical, you know, pyramid-like structure for themselves. Meanwhile, everyone else is at the base. Majority humanity... You know, they're under the pillars. That's what the pillars of society bring you. Subjugation. Division. Inadequacy. Compartmentalization. Now, how long is humanity going to live like this? When are we going to learn... That we can't allow one small set of society to treat everyone else like serfs or indentured servants or debt slaves. And there's just divide and separate, force us to all fight each other for the scraps that they give us, with their you know, trickling down a little, little, little gold dust on top of their mountain of money. Trickling down that economy for the rest of us. That's <clears throat> just to fight for those scraps every day. This is what divides everyone. 
there wasn't this mountain of money that everyone aspired to be on top of, you know, and just grabbing for all that little little bits of gold dust that they, they trickled down on us, and instead just like ignored the mountain of money, and just worked together, you know, power wouldn't control us anymore. And politics, if there were these really strong hierarchical structures of leadership still, would stop listening to money. It's stop listening to those who use money, you know, religion, to bend them to their will. They actually listen to the people, right? Because who would elect them there? The people. The people in power don't listen to people. They listen to big money and religion. That's it. You know, hierarchical systems, even in politics, even if it was not financially corrupt, it's still going to be not really the will of the people, in my opinion. The only way to really know the will of the people, truly and directly, is for everyone to participate and stop being lazy in the direction of the world is going. You know, this is the whole problem. People want to go about their lives. You know, and do do their brainwashing ceremonies, and you know, going to school endlessly, and partaking in all the social things that go on that quote unquote everyone wants to do in life because that's what the mass media brainwashes you to think. You know, instead of people to just like just forego all that bullshit and just try to make change and work together for that. You know, just imagine it. All those people don't do everything every day because they don't have any money and are a burden on the world. Actually, started doing things because, you know, no one's stopping them from working because there's no more money anymore. It doesn't exist. You know, a good example of that is the Great Depression. The second the money drives up, what happened? Everyone's out, out of work. Soup lines everywhere. No one did anything because no one would pay them money. Everyone just stood around waiting for the boss man to give them a job, to give them money so they can make a living, to go buy things, right? If the money wasn't there back in that day, people would have been standing around waiting for someone to give them money to do anything. There was no money. People would just get bored of, you know, shit not getting be done in the world and society around them. And then we just start doing it. There'd be no need to have employers to give you money to do your job. You would just show up as a community of people, like a union or a guild, and just get shit done. And people should just form and start guilds. You know, the guild of this or the guild of that. Well, what do they do? They join the guild and then people just run around doing things the guild does. And you want the electrician guild. You know, they just go around fixing people's electricity, stringing up wire. That's all they do. They just love doing that shit. Do it all day. Do they get paid? Nope. They just do it. And you want to drive a taxi all day? They build the taxi drivers. That's all they do. They drive around. Giving people rides. They get paid? Nope. They just run around. Helping people out. They see someone walking down the street. Guess what? They'll just stop and take them up. Free rides everywhere. 
You want to talk about getting rid of the cars? Deal with the taxi drivers. Cars. Bye-bye. Gone. And you need them more. Why? Because anyone driving down the street or looks on the wrap and they're going to go somewhere. Like, oh, I'm going to go across town to pick up some bread, right? Or to pick up some groceries. Oh, along my way, they got, there's like two or three people need rides. Okay, well, I'll go pick them up and bring them there on my way to go eat groceries. Get my groceries. <clears throat> then when I'm coming back, I got someone from that grocery store that needs a ride, you know, halfway across town. I can drop them off. You know, they can go on all day. And as you're driving, it's like, oh, there's someone else who needs a ride from here to there that's on the way as well. Or you see someone on the side of the street. You check their transparency. They're not criminals. They seem like decent people. I'm going to pull over and give them a ride. You know, that's the taxi of the future to me. And how many cars would you need with that? Far less than we have today. That I can guarantee you. And that's the same with like every, you know, every job classification you can think of, really. You just show up. If you're a doctor, just show up and do doctor stuff. And if you want to get trained to be a pilot, you go to school, you become a pilot. You start flying planes. Do you get paid? Nope. Did you have to pay for school? Not at all. Well, why do you do it? Because everyone else in society helps out. So if I want a piece of that, I need to help out as well. You know, does the government force you to do the job you want? No, it doesn't assign jobs. You know, it's just, you know, people put out, you know, I need help with something. You look it up, like, oh, this company over here needs help with stuff. Well, I'm going to go over there and help them. They need, like, this many of this things produced, so I go help them. You can change jobs endlessly. You don't have to stay in one job your whole life. That's another beauty of the system. You could just switch jobs, like, every year just to try a different job. Right? How awesome would that be? You're not stuck in some career path. You know, that really gets rid of that enslavement mentality, too. Of, <clears throat> I gotta be stuck in the same job my whole life. Oh my god, how boring. How horrible is that sort of life? There's nothing more interesting than having different jobs. And if you never hung off the back of a garbage truck, I'll tell you, you're missing out. Because that is fucking fun as hell. I never had so much fun and hanging out the back of a garbage truck, you know, drinking alcohol all day. Quite honestly, that's what I used to do. You know, I was, I was a stupid young person. <laughs> but yeah, that's a fun job. I don't know how many times I found just bottles of liquor being drawn out. I'm like, oh, here we go. A bottle of liquor. Yeah, it's a fun job. You know, or ski lift operator. I did that because it's a fun job. Who wouldn't want to work at a ski lift? All I did was like run around on snow machines up and down that mountain. Or go up the ski lift, sit there, watch the beautiful view on the top of the mountain. You know, make sure no skiers you know, got crushed getting off the skis. Ski lift. And then I ride down on the snow machine or I'd ski down. 
And I get paid to do that. You know, in the future, if there's no money and they need ski lift operators, you can go be a ski lift operator for the, for the winter, right? You do your part in society. You do your hourly work. And guess what? If there's no jobs available for people and <clears throat> no one can participate in society, you can be on standby. You know, and really, if there's no jobs, then obviously the amount that people are needed to work in society is too much. You know, you don't need to work 40 hours a week. You could work 20 hours a week. Oh my God, how novel. I can only work 20 hours a week? Yeah. You could work 20 hours a week with all the excess human labor just sitting around doing nothing around the world. You open up the borders and it's like, Boom, you have endless amounts of labor. Guess what? You don't have to work 40 hours a week to make a living to live anymore. You work you know, a reasonable amount of time and then be able to spend time with your family and friends. I mean, who wouldn't like to have like a four-day week, week four-day work week that's you know four days and four hours a week or four hours a day, right? Maybe like 16 hours. Or maybe like five hours. You work four days a week for five hours per day. And it's not even the main thing you do in a day. But no, everyone works like, everyone gets up, gets ready to go to work, goes to work, comes back. That's like a good, eight, it's an eight hour work, an eight hour work day becomes like almost 10 hours when it's all said and done because of the travel and the prep and the post time. But people willingly subject themselves to it. Why? Because that's the system we live in. That's a system that's been made for us. And that's the expectation. You, know, you can be, you can change the world by being lazy, quite honestly. With all the excess human labor we have that doesn't get utilized, honestly, you could just work so much less and have a much higher quality of living to, than we have today because everyone just is overworked for too little pay. If there's no money, then people just work to make the society work. If everyone did it, it'd be amazing the things we could change like overnight. Like poverty would go away, right? How awesome would that be? Inequality, gone. Corruption, gone. Crime gone. You know, criminals wouldn't need the slim crack on the corner every day anymore to get a decent part of society, right? All you'd have to do is you know, break a lawn or you know, mow a lawn or wash a car, you know, fix, change out some tires. I don't know, you could do whatever you wanted. And guess what? Now you can go to the grocery store and get what you need. Your, your house is heated for free with free electricity from the nuclear power grid. Your car runs for free. You can, you can like, take share rides everywhere for free. If you need help for anything, you just ask someone. Someone will show up and do it for free. And you can, you can like, free your way to a free society. You get rid of money. You get rid of placing a hierarchical structure of government and law 
between you and someone else. You can't tax charity. You can't tax giving things to people. And that's what really you know, brings down and ends this whole hierarchical control system we have in society today. You get rid of that crack, that money, that social crack, just, you know, I can just ignore everyone around me. And as long as I got money, everything's, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can just push to get more money. You know, this is, this is why society is so separate and divisional. Because we have all this money. And the money frees us from having to know our neighbors. And having to know what's going on in the community. And having that take responsibility for knowing things and making just sound decisions on change that fix things, right? We just throw money at things. We just throw money up top and supposedly it's going to trickle down. Or we can throw money at it, you know, to solve your daily life things. And not have to worry about actually getting to know someone. You know, this is why there's so much divisionism. And personally, I think it's on purpose. I think they know exactly what they're doing. This, of course, it's something you couldn't prove, but when you look at the, all the logic behind, you know, a free society, a, a sort of quote-unquote utopian society that everyone envisions that you, you would think you hope the world would get to one day, you know, how do you get there from here? It's by foregoing, you know, following the current society you have today. That's the only way to get there. So in saying that, then it further goes to show in the utopian society <clears throat> that isn't like to our society we have today that doesn't have war and poverty and you know basically slavery and debt and you know threat of nuclear war and huge, huge disparities between the rich and poor and powerful and the haves and have nots. And the armed and unarmed. I mean, we live in like this bizarre world of what utopia should be. And we think it is utopia. That's the funniest, most fucked up thing about it. They've all got us to believe in the why that this hierarchical system that control us is the best it's ever going to be. It's the best it ever could be. That there's no other option to make a better world. When really it's just staring us in the face. But everyone sees that option as implausible. It's a dreamer's option. It's something we can't do. It's something that can never happen. And I'll tell you, it is something we can do. And it is something that can, that can happen. But all it takes is for a human mind to have a shift and understand and let things go and accept one another and help each other out and you know, be responsible and be transparent. You know, stop just taking from society and trying to get away with shit. You know, if someone's trying to get away with shit and trying to, you know, not participate in society and gain the system, and then don't give them anything. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to give your help and time to people who are assholes, right? If someone isn't doing it in society, you can look at them and their, their, their transparency thing, and you can see that everything they do is bullshit, because... In a transparent system, you can see whether or not someone's bullshitting. Because you can get like a rating 
and you can get a color code on the majority of all that you've done. You can also go in and see exactly what people do when they testify, you know, the work that they've done. And if it's bullshit, or if it's not there, right? If it's not there, you can look at it and you can be like, hmm, no, I'm not gonna combine them along. I looked at you and you're not looking too trustworthy and your rating's kind of low. So I'm gonna say no. I'm not gonna combine them. And this is where you'll get rid of all the scammers. And all the trolls, right? Because there's no money in it anymore. There's no way of gaming the system in such a society. In a transparent society where you can see the deeds that people have done, and that's your account. It's not money anymore, but it's the deeds that you've done that's your wealth. And you can prove it, and it's transparent. And there's no more gaming it. There's no more corruption. There's no more trolling, you know, for self-benefit. Because people will see right through it. And if you don't want to be transparent, you don't have to be transparent. But guess what? People don't have to be giving you anything. You could try buying it with money in the old fiat currency way. But honestly, if people would go using money and just help each other out, why would you take money anymore? Other than in the immediate transitional period between the two. To help the change. There's a time to use money. And there's a time to use less money. And then there's a time to use no money. Right? You go from the money system to help, you know, change the money system to using that money system to get off the money system and support people getting off the money system to a point where, you know, you're not going to use the money system at all anymore. That it just it gets ignored. And you don't have to fight the power. You just have to ignore the power. And ignore what they say and do until it changes and the power is within our own grasp and we have consensus world in which we know where everyone where everyone stands then there's no more confusion then there's no more you know pulling at the left and pulling at the right right there's no more of this division you know where the middle ground is you can actually look at it you have your extremists on the left and your extremists on the right, and those who semi-support them, and then there's that huge swath in the middle. That's that's where we need to be. We our whole system is set up between the left and the right, the rich and the poor, or the left and the right and the rich controlling everything, right? And your religion dictating and moralizing everything. But really, most people are in that middle. When you have the left and the right, you know, conservatives and liberals, most people are in the middle. And between the rich and the poor, honestly, in our modern society, most people are kind of on the low end, not even near the rich, right? So you're more like the poor people than the rich people. So where do you stand with that? Makes me wonder why you stand with, you know, trying to be rich. I don't even understand why you'd want to be aspire to be rich and famous these days all it does is bring down the rest of society but there's middle the middle needs to be known and when you have a transparent society where you can vote and show what you think and at the same time be anonymous through encryption and have that show up on a network to show you know this is what the people around me think even though I can't point at them and be like oh I know who you are 
you know, you're that green dot, or you're that red dot, or you're that blue dot, or you're that purple dot, you know, <clears throat> you can see on a map because, you know, a transparency system that spreads, you know, like a zombie virus, it's going to spread and spread and spread, and eventually you'll have a map of the entire United States and potentially the world, you know, on what the viewpoint of everyone in America and the world is. And you can utilize that to know, well, where's the center? And when you know that, you can make suggestions of law for that center. Bring that up if you still have a hierarchical system of, of voting. And then <clears throat> if, if, if they don't want to vote in, in the off, into law, then get rid of the assholes. And the people in the middle, you have the power to vote them out. I mean, this is the one of the few countries you can actually do it. But people just want to be pulled to the left and right. And when people can see where the middle stands, and people who run through the middle, those are the people who want to put in the power, not the Democrats, not the Republicans. You want to get the Purple Party in power. The Purple Party is the party of the future. And the Purple Party is about coming to the middle ground and ending this divisionary stance of modern American and worldwide politics. Not only does it fix America, it fixes other countries, and in doing that, it fixes relations between countries. You know, if if Russians knew where their middle ground was, and Chinese knew where their middle ground was, and Americans knew where our middle ground was, well, guess what? Most likely, every one of those countries with all their middle ground stances are going to be far closer, far, far closer to a common you know, mindset versus almost divisionary tactics we have in politics today. You know, we're divided in all these countries. You know, this is what creates division between countries. Now, if everyone was in the middle ground, then there wouldn't be division between countries. Because everyone would be, quite honestly, most people in the middle all think the same. They're decent human beings. They're pragmatic. They just want to come to a solution to things. You know, compromise. No more of this winner-take-all attitude. You know, you got to be able to bend with things. If you bend a little, and the other side bends a little, each side gets what they want. You know, like guns. We have safe guns. Now when we have safe guns, we have a, a cultured, a, a gun culture that's mainstream, and, you know, guns can be carried everywhere. And they can be fully automatic. But they're safe, right? Only the communities can ever use them. You know, if, if, the, if the user puts a gun down, it's fully loaded, and someone else picks it up and starts shooting everyone, or themselves, or a kid picks it up and uses it like a toy, it can't go off. Why? Because it's a safe gun. And it can be full automatic if you wanted it to, if you're trained in it. That's not something you just give away to everyone. you got to give it some, it's some, some kind of meaning. Like, well, I'm an American. I should be able to get a full automatic. I paid money. No. If you pass the, the rigorous training and background, and you're like the top, I don't know, 10% of the people, you get full automatic. If you're the top 20, you do do three round board first. If you're not the top 20, you can't get three rounds of full automatic certification. 
you need to be able to do all these things, right? Prove you're capable of it. Earn it. It's not something you just give away early on. And when a criminal picks up a fully automatic weapon that's safe, guess what? You can't use it. It doesn't work. So the guns got electronics in it now. And it's essential to the operation of the gun now. And it can't be overridden through simple mechanical means. And all of a sudden, you know, if you got Jesus that chasing between you know, your thumbprint reader and the bullet, and it's, and it's integral to the firing of the mechanism of the, of the gun, you can't undo that. You can't circumvent it. And it's not like a lock on the gun where you just break it off. No, it's like an integral digital biometric means of allowing the system to work in the first place. And without it, it doesn't work. And with that, we can have guns everywhere. And then just carry them around willy-nilly, so like they're toys. And honestly, in America, you have the right to have a gun. And this is the one thing and the only thing and the only country you're allowed to do this. Which is why, if push came to shove, you know, Americans could be free of hierarchical systems of government. Because quite frankly, you know, it all comes down to the gun in the end, right? So it always comes down to. This is why we have war. Because in the end, governments like to use the gun you know, to, to force their point. But when the people have the guns, it's like, you know, and, and a vast majority, more of them, you can't really force the point anymore, can you? Because this is the one country in the world where that doesn't happen. Because Americans have more guns than the country owns. Or should I should say the people in power who control the country. You know, I have nothing wrong with America being free. But it's not free. It's, in my eyes, quite the opposite. 